The Fabulous 50s, Part 12, Television, Part 2, I Love Lucy, Ozzie and Harriet, and Others. Now, for comedy, the 1951-52 television season was notable. It contained the most successful situation comedy in the history of television, revolving around band leader Ricky Ricardo, Desi Arnaz, of the Tropicana Club, and his zany, accident-prone wife, Lucy McGillicuddy Ricardo, Lucy O'Ball, bent on breaking in the show business given the slightest opportunity. Their neighbors as accomplices in mayhem were Fred and Ethel Mertz, William Frawley, and Vivian Vance. Based in part of Lucille Ball's radio show, My Favorite Husband, I Love Lucy quickly became a national mania. President Eisenhower delayed an address to the nation rather than run against the show, and the department stores installed TV sets to keep shoppers from staying home on Monday nights to watch their favorite program. When Lucille Ball became pregnant with her second child in 1952, the nation followed the comic travails of the gestation and birth of little Ricky in the character of Lucy Ricardo. And a new television magazine, TV Guide, debuting in 1953, chose for its first cover the baby, Desario Alberto Arnez IV, and placed Lucy's familiar face in the upper right-hand corner. During its six years in originals, Lucy never ranked lower than third in ratings among TV programs, ending in the highest-rated TV show of the 50s. In her radio character of Liz Cooper, Lucille Ball had already honed the scatterbrained logic, vocal intonations, and crying fits that would become hallmarks of Lucy Ricardo. In her desire to make the move to television, as well as to mend her troubled marriage, she insisted that her TV husband be real-life spouse Desi Arnaz, despite his thick Cuban accent, which TV executives thought might be unintelligible to middle America. Instead, Arnaz's broken English became a comedy gimmick, especially when he lost his temper to Lucy and unleashed a stream of truly unintelligible Spanish epithets. To prove the appeal of Desi as the TV husband, the team went on tour in 1950, performing before live audiences. Then, with $5,000 of their own money, produced a film pilot for the series, and a hit was born instantly. From the show in which Lucy attempted to bake her own bread, only to be pinned to the kitchen wall by an overly zested leviathan loaf, to the episode in which she rehearsed a cough medicine commercial so many times that she got drunk from the medicine's alcohol content. Every fan and has a favorite program. In fact, in 1958, when CBS Brass attempted to assemble a collection of reruns titled The Top Ten Lucy Shows, Try as they did, they could never winnow in their favorites down to the few other than 13 programs. Syndication and fan clubs. The end came to I Love Lucy in 1957, not because the show declined in ratings, it was number one, but because Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz were exhausted from the grind of filming weekly before a live audience. In fact, the end never really came to the series. For in one country or another, it continued to live in syndicated reruns. Success of the syndication in America and abroad set the pattern for all the television's later sitcoms. It's been written that I Love Lucy had an impact on everything from attitudes toward American humor to American pregnancy to Cuban immigration to the United States, and it's become a trivia buff's delight. Lucille Ball's first choices to play Fred and Ethel Mertz were Gail Gordon, school principal on TV radio Armis Brooks, and B. Bernadette, who was playing Blanche Morton on Bar Burns and Allen's show. 
Perhaps no show in the history of television has prompted more analysis and provided more enjoyment. Well, as far as favorite shows, my favorite was when they moved to the West Coast for his movie career, and they stopped in this little town in this little shack for the evening, and it was right next to the railroad tracks, and every time a train went by, the, all the beds moved from one section of the room to another. A more critical success of the season was R. Miss Brooks, starring Eve Arden as the tart-tongued, man-hungry school mom, Connie Brooks, out to land the dense bachelor biology teacher of Madison High School, Philip Boynton, Richard Rockwell. In one episode, she invites him to dinner to our house. Anything special you want for dinner? Boynton, I'm not pussy. I love whatever you put on my plate. Fine, I'll be on your plate. If anyone in the country complained about the show, it was America's school teachers who felt that the undignified, wisecracking, husband-hunting Miss Brooks set the teaching profession back a hundred years. Also offensive to teachers was the bullying tactics of the school's principal, Osgood Conklin, Gail Gordon and talking back from the problem student Walter Denton, which is Richard Crenna. The Adventures of Ozzie and Harriet, ABC, premiered October the 10th, 1952. This family sitcom featured radio stars Ozzie and Harriet and their real-life sons David, age 16, Ricky, then a 12-year-old 8th grader at Bancroft Junior High in Hollywood, soon to be a pop music phenomenon in the 50s. The Nelsons played themselves. And in the 14 years the show was telecast, the nation watched Ricky go from a young boy with a crew cut to a top record-selling teen idol and young adult crooner. The show began on radio in 1944 as a straightforward treatment of a family's home life. The pattern of the TV show, explained the New York Times in 1952, is the same as the Nelsons used in radio, and that in turn is inspired to a large degree by incidents they and their friends have experienced in real home life. The paper concluded, Fine family fun. Ozzie and Harriet Nelson, cognizant of the wholesome image they wanted the show to project, began the series by making all the scenes involved their school-aged boys take place on Saturdays so viewers would not think the children were missing classes. From the start, the impish, playful Ricky stood out in the mellow sitcom. He scored an immediate hit with young viewers. Then came the show on April 10, 1957, entitled Ricky the Drummer, in which the 17-year-old actor, after begging his father to allow him to sing on the program, cut loose with Fats Domino's hit I'm Walkin'. Overnight, he became a rock and roll star. The song shot to the top of the charts. Fan clubs sprung up all around the country, whereas Ricky the rock star gyrated in his live stage performances. In the sitcom, his singing was calculatedly sexless, at least through the 50s. Mr. and Mrs. Nelson just wouldn't stand for that kind of conduct. The Times once said about the parents' strictness with their sons. The show went off the air in the mid-60s. Other hits premiering 53 to 55, Topper, Make Room for Daddy, December Bride, and next time we'll be looking at shows such as Lassie, Father Knows Best, The Honeymooners, and Leave it to Beaver. The source for this is Panati's Parade of Fads, Follies, and Manias, The Origins of Our Most Cherished Obsessions by Charles Panati. So I hope you enjoyed that. And as always, don't forget to come by the website, summahistorica.com or historyaccordingtobob.com and ask a question, leave a comment, check out our merchandise. And if you like what we're doing, please feel free to support us. Thank you very much.